back to our podcast, and today we are going to be talking about jobs in chemistry. To begin, I'm going to be talking about uh, something that's going to at first sound a little boring, but let, let me get into it. So, so one of my college professors, he, he would always describe chemistry as being this science of change, and I forget what it was like he actually said, but he said something around the idea that if you want to make an impact on the world or change something for the better, go into chemistry because chemistry is great. But he kept bringing something that I thought was kind of surprising because like I said, it sounds like it's really boring and a terrible place to work. But then he kept talking about it and I was like, oh, okay. And it was really surprising to me because what it is, is it's uh, the asphalt industry. So I feel like in today's society, if you say, oh, I work in big oil or the asphalt industry, people are like, yeah, you're a terrible person. You don't have a soul. <laughs> Um, because those industries are like major, major polluters. And I feel like our generation especially is very much like, we don't like that. We care about our planet and we don't want to, we want to start going away from that industry. But then the more you learn about the asphalt industry and like what it can actually entail and the potential for change in it, you start to learn that kind of those first impressions, um, they're not entirely the most accurate because of what the main goal is, especially for like a job in chemistry in it. So first of all, what asphalt basically is, so you guys know, because I'll give them the actual contents of it later, but it's essentially the stuff that binds rocks and gravel into suitable road material. So wherever there is civilization, there's a demand for asphalt. You know, we need road. Also, you can use it in like, what is it called? Housing, tiles, roofing, roof, roof. That's what it's called. <laughs> um, shingles, that's, yeah, shingles. Those are the words for it. And uh, the making process of asphalt is incredibly very, very dirty. So I decided to Google the actual percentage as I was researching this, because my professor said it was about 5% of all the carbon emissions. And I was like, is that how accurate is that? So I went to Google because Google is, you know, better. Um, and Google told me that it contributes to about 9.43% of all greenhouse gas emissions. And that's according to NCBI, which is the National Center for Biotechnology Information. So I think that's a pretty reliable source. Um, and that doesn't sound, I think, initially like much because it's only like less than 10% of all of greenhouse gases but it's actually a really really big number because you're talking about the entire world and the entire atmosphere uh, around 10 percent of the earth that's in gas form so a canadian study found that asphalt actually for every kilometer which is a little less than a mile um, of road approximately 500 tons of co2 is emitted so um where chemistry comes in is finding a way to make asphalt greener because that's a lot of emissions and we are very much dependent on this. It's not something that we are probably going to go away from. So the point of chemistry and all these jobs in it is to make it better. And even if we can only cut that down by like 3%, that's 3% of like, almost 10% of the entire world's greenhouse gas emissions. 
I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but again, that's a huge number because we're talking about like the entire world. And I did a little bit of math because I was bored. I'm not going to bore you with all that because I tried to talk about that initially and oh my God, that was a lot of, a lot of math and numbers and I couldn't even follow it. And it's also an approximation because I'm not an, I'm, I'm not like an atmospheric chemist or anything. So it's, it's, it's what I could get from Google and my calculation told me that if you cut down 3% of that 10%, a rough estimation would be equivalent of a little over 9 million tons of CO2 that you would basically cut out of the atmosphere. And that's for just 3% of 9.43%. It's very promising if you can do something, if you want to make a change in the environment. It's a big number. If you're passionate about climate change, Working with an asphalt company is a great way to attempt to keep the planet healthier. Will people think that you have a soul? No, they won't. But it's a good idea. It's, it's, yeah. Anyways, long tangent about asphalt. What work can be done on the asphalt related to chemistry? So if you want to um, do work to make the asphalt greener and better, that's basically the point of chemistry is to make things better. Um, there are a lot of companies that will hire like polymer chemists, is what they're called, to do research on the materials that go into making asphalt or the method of how asphalt is made to create a better product because asphalt's made with like crude oil. I think I talk about that later, earlier, later. But it's, it's basically carbon compounds that do the binding. So that's all polymers or organic chemistry. As I briefly mentioned, making asphalt is an incredibly dirty process. It's a byproduct of crude oil. We, we all know what crude oil does. It's not very environmentally friendly. And then it's mixed with what are called aggregates, which are just crushed rock. And the process of crushing rocks is pretty cool because I watched a house made video of that and it was really fascinating. Um, it takes a lot of energy to crush rocks into tiny pieces as well, which is probably part of the reason why it takes a lot of, or why it emits a lot of CO2 is because it, it's, it, it takes so much energy to crush giant rocks into tiny pieces. And then there's giant conveyor belts that like act as sieves, which is really cool to watch. And then that crushes like larger ones again. And then you just piles of rocks sorted by like their diameter. Just, you know, I digress. Um, <laughs> so yeah, asphalt is the binding material. So road pavement as a whole, it's, it's a mixture of stuff and it contains sand, stone, dust, and crushed rocks. and those fillers of stuff are 95% of the pavement and the other 5% is liquid asphalt. So that's not a lot of actual asphalt for context of just numbers because it's incredible how dirty it is. The dry fillers are kind of dried mix and add to liquid asphalt, which is essentially hot black oil. And then they mix it all together and transport to the construction site. So like the process, I'm not gonna lie, is kind of boring, but the main takeaways are it takes a lot of energy and a lot of heating and grinding and more heating. But in terms of other types of road material, like concrete, for instance, asphalt is surprisingly one of the more greener materials. I just found that interesting. So the current methods of making greener asphalt are called warm and cold mixing, which is essentially the same process, but it's laid down at cooler or warmer temperatures hence why it's warm or cold. There's also recycled asphalt where they use materials like old asphalt, roof shingles, or sometimes old tires or old pavements. And 
That method is sometimes called perpetual pavement or recycled asphalt. So those are like our current ways of making asphalt. Like I said, the idea is to make it greener and better. So I briefly came across a proposal that someone had. They were like a graduate student. I don't remember. They had a proposal to make asphalt with a soy-based oil rather than crude oil. And soy is amazing because it can be used for so many things. And I love soy. I could do a whole podcast on soy because soy is cool. They estimate that it would reduce the carbon footprint by the equivalent of like 16,000 houses worth of electricity which was an interesting comparison, and I did not do the math to figure out how what that equivalent is. Probably should have. But still, 16,000 houses worth of electricity is a lot of carbon, I would assume. And just by replacing crude oil with soy oil, is that's, that's a pretty promising idea. And they, yeah, that could also save millions of dollars as well because, produc because production costs are much cheaper using soy oil than crude oil. So why are we still using crude oil? That's my question. Essentially, there's a lot of work that began to determine more environmentally friendly productions of asphalt. Looking at the ingredients or chemical makeup of asphalt is um, what chemists would do. That sentence makes no sense. Um, that's what my notes say, though. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a lot of, basically, it's a really good field for um, chemical engineers or polymer chemists and it's primarily a research jobs or testing jobs for this field. And like I said, it's, I mean, I don't think it's something that necessarily I'm interested in going into, but I do think it was interesting to actually look at the, some of the statistics in it because that really changed a lot of my pers perspective on jobs in like certain areas, especially like crude oil, because like I said, if you say you work in there, people are going to be like, you're a terrible person. Are you, do you have any morals at all? But you actually need a lot of people to work in these areas that aren't necessarily the best for the environment so that we can make it better so that there's, you know, we can do research to make it better. So that, I just, that was like primarily what interested me about the asphalt industry is the potential in it. So, yeah, it was really interesting. I had no idea. I didn't know any of that. And it was, yeah, <laughs> that's all I have. I talked about a couple, well, five if I counted correctly, I think that I went over, but a disclaimer real quick. Uh, I tried to get a very good, accurate average salary, but sometimes it didn't really, Google did not help me. And so you might want to just like, I tried to get a range that seemed average by averaging out, that seemed accurate by averaging out um, multiple websites that I got that seemed, you know, in the ballpark of what seemed right. But there were some places that had like 50,000, some that had like 100,000. And I think most of it just depends on experience or where you work or where you live, because that's definitely going to, like some, some places have a greater demand for certain jobs. And so that's always going to impact, you know, your salary, just how many jobs there are. So it's a great idea to do your own research, you know, if any of these sound interesting. So the first one is an analytical chemist, which, I honestly thought it sounded really interesting. Basically what this job does is you communicate and discover like the composition and structure of different substances. This can be related to forensics, like finding out the composition of certain trails or rocks if you find them on 
someone's shoe and you have to figure out where it's from or finding blood composition, uh, just tracing things back, finding the structure and the composition of something to find out, you know, what happened and where it's from and how it could be used. They're actually in many different industries because you, you can do that in almost any industry, you know, find out how things can be used and analyze what they are. So if you like chemistry, but you want to also do something else, this could be a great job for you just because you can combine other industries into it. Their average salary seemed to be in the higher um, yeah, 50,000, which was averaged by um, Payscale, Indeed, Zapia, Zapia, I don't know how to pronounce that, and Glassdoor.com. I tried, I actually worked backwards, so this was the last one I did for the salary. So I tried to use the same three to get, you know, at least an average ratio sort of thing. Um, but one of the ones I was using, which is Career Explorer, did not have this job listed. So I couldn't really do that too easily. The next one we have is organic chemistry, which is if you're interested in carbon, you know, there's like a whole branch of chemistry, which is just organic chemistry. And if you're interested in carbon and how that works and just anything related to carbon, because carbon is awesome. This is probably what you want to do. And for this one, the average salary, I went to salaryexpert.com and it said a beginner, which is about one to three years of experience, earns about $50,000, while an expert, which is, you know, eight years and over, earns about 82,000. And the average, just overall median, seemed to be higher 60,000. Again, this is a ballpark. It was hard to find information that matched and another one is actually, this one seemed really interesting to me. It's a geochemist. So, you know, geo, you know, related to rock, like a geologist studies rock. So if you really think, you know, geology, ages of rocks, things about composition of rocks, the earth, learning about different things in the earth, but also you want to include chemistry into it, this could be a good job. Uh, the average salary is about $70,000. This was averaged from salary.com, salarylist.com, and ziprecruiter.com. In this job, you'll monitor composition of rock or earth to learn about age, structure of specific geographic locations, etc. things like that. You'll just be learning about the earth, rocks. That sounds really boring. I didn't, it really is interesting. And if you're you know interested in chemistry or structure, age, and other information about the earth, this could be something that you're really interested in. Again, if it sounds interesting, uh, I would recommend doing your own research just to see if you might be interested in it. The next one is something I was actually interested in for a really long time, and this is biochemistry. And the average salary for this is about sixty dollars to $65,000. It involves, you know, bringing biology and chemistry, as the name implies. It's about learning and analyzing the processes, the chemical processes in living organisms. So if you're interested in genetics or if you're interested in different reactions that take place in, you know, any organisms, eukaryote, prokaryote, just anything in the biology field, but you also want to learn about the chemical processes or just some chemistry part of it, you can, like, this is, that's what this is. This can involve researching complex chemical reactions and combinations that are involved in processes like metabolizing, heredity, things like that. 
So if you are interested in some form of biology, but also chemistry, this could be, you know, perfect combination for you. There's also a material scientist, which uh, makes about $90,000 a year. This is an average of salary.com, careerexplorer.com, and glassdoor.com. There was a site I tried to use for some of these, and it was the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, but it came in way higher than all of the other numbers on this. Like, it was almost always above $100,000, so I didn't want to use it because I couldn't find any other websites that matched that one. Just like, I just wanted to point that out because I did try using sources like that, but then the other ones all had a like closer numbers than that one did. A material scientist analyzes and studies man-made and natural materials. If you like learning about different polymers and materials, just how different things work, this can be great for you. What's really interesting about this is some of the things you get to do if you choose to are making things water resistant or magnetic, which just, I have no idea how that works, but it just sounds interesting to me. I don't know, it might not be super interesting, but this also studies the structure of materials such as metals, alloys, rubbers, ceramics, polymer, and glass, things like that. Most of these jobs were just things that included chemistry, but also something else just so, because if you just wanna do chemistry, you know, that's great for you, but I know a lot of people also have other interests. And so I didn't want to just, you know, cut it off there. So if you're interested in something and chemistry, there is on, there are honestly so many jobs in chemistry. I couldn't get all of them. I didn't even get close to all of them. So if you're interested in anything and chemistry, research it. There is probably some combination and it's just, it's really interesting. Oh yeah. One I forgot to mention, I didn't do much research on this one. So I don't know that much about it, but there's also an agricultural chemist. So if you're interested in, I believe, I don't, I didn't do that much research on this one because I wrote it down and then I forgot about it. So I apologize for that. But I think they worked with just chemistry in relation to agriculture and things like that. I would assume they would work with fertilizers and just different various things to help in the agricultural field that also includes chemistry. But if any of these sounded, you know, a little interesting to you, I would encourage you to look into it because you never know what you're gonna end up liking just because there's so many different jobs. So if you know basically what you like or if something, maybe it's not what you want, but it's kind of close to what you want, you could find other jobs like it. It's just helpful because there are a lot of jobs. I think my grandfather majored in agricultural chemistry. I think. I'm not entirely sure what he did. But I know he was interested in it. Okay, so thank you for listening to our podcast and join us next week. And we will be discussing some more interesting chemistry topics.